Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hey there, and welcome back. This week, we are going to discuss the process of getting up after hardship. So many of us fail. We all do it, but we don't openly talk about it because we're ashamed or we're embarrassed about it. And honestly, failure is painful. You know, failure has many forms. It can look like not getting the job you really wanted or realizing you aren't as healed as you thought you were or loving someone who does not deserve you. A failure can have your stomach in knots. It can zap your energy have you in a really dark and sullen place where you ask yourself, why even bother? And in this moment, many of you all are experiencing multiple levels of failure or heartache or pain or grief. You know, you are hit by COVID-19, which resulted in many of your plans being pushed back. Or you had economic failure or grief from the death of your loved one, or you have an array of heart and health challenges. And when I talk about heart, I mean like spiritual, your feeling heart, you have heart challenges. Politically, minorities are being targeted. We have, you know, a government that is constantly confused on what direction they want to go. And finally, in your individual life, You are going through your own interpersonal challenges with your friends, your family, your your um, loved ones. You may be going through it with them. And, you know, if you combine all three of those elements, you might be in a space where you no longer know yourself or you feel that it is quite difficult to grasp the joy you once had. So the question that I hope to help you with or answer is How do you get up when you have no life force, you have no energy, or when you're mired in pain and failure, how do you get up? And I hope to give you some strategies that can help you gain the energy back to be yourself or to just be, if you want to go further than that, be a better version of yourself. So before I start, I'd like to make a disclaimer. My strategies are not a substitute for therapy or medication. It can help you boost you, strengthen the work you are already doing in therapy, or it can help you until you find avenues to get to therapy and meds. So I'm going to approach this process like a stew. And first I want to do, the first thing I want to do is marinate the meat. Before you even decide to cook, you need to marinate the meat, meaning you need some time, some downtime. Some lay down time to soak in the sadness and the anger and the disappointment of it all. You need to linger. You need to be limp. You need to lounge. You need to cry uncontrollably. You have to lay in that sad suit for a second. And when you sit in it and grieve on the floor, you know, I like because I'm from the South. So I like a little a good hooting holler, you know, throw, throw yourself on the casket type of cry. When you do that, you are saying to your mind, your body, I am going to honor you. I'm going to honor your emotions. I'm going to honor your feelings. 
and I'm going to do it no matter what. And I won't tell you that you shouldn't have them. I'm actually going to give you a space for them. And the reason why this is good is because when you allow yourself to feel, you're telling you are honoring yourself, but you are doing something that is the opposite of what your parents or people close to you have been doing. You know, parents have a nasty habit of invalidating your emotions and telling you what you should be doing or how you're supposed to be feeling. And I know you're not feeling like that. I know you're not acting like that. And that is quite detrimental to children who eventually become adults who can't identify their emotions or who try to suppress their emotions so that they can be loved by others. So that is not a healthy practice. And I would suggest you stop doing that and allow yourself to cry. And I'll just say this, you know, if the community, if when your community, when they are invalidating your emotions and you don't like that they're doing that, why on earth would you take their place and do it to yourself? You know, why would you tell yourself to hurry up? Get over it. Stop feeling this way. You can't be sad forever or any other phrase that you tell yourself to just get over it. So I ask that you marinate, you emote, you journal because you are entitled to these emotions. There's nothing wrong with these emotions. Those emotions do not make you a bad person. If anything, they just make you a regular person. All right. So next, let's cut out the fat. You know, you marinate the meat, you have it sitting out there, you cut that fat out. Now you you can do it in reverse or whatever, but you know, you cut the fat. You cut the fat. So, when I say cut the fat, I mean cut out any unhealthy practices that you currently have. And I'm going to name a few. One, Retriggering yourself by replaying the incident in your mind, you have to cut that out. You aren't remind you you aren't reminding yourself of your boundaries. You are reminding yourself of your hurt. And all you're doing is continuously poking at the wound. So when you feel yourself going there, try your ble- your best to replace it with a new thought or a new habit. You know, you won't be perfect. Like this habit, cutting this habit out, you're not going to be 100% perfect. But a 10% change in behavior does make a difference. A 20%, a 30%, a 40, 50, 60, it gets you closer to feeling like yourself. So however much energy you can give towards stopping yourself from replaying an incident, do it. Number two, stop visiting their social media. You know, especially if it's a person who hurts you, that's kind of unhealthy. That's another way where you are picking at the wound. Because you can take someone's social media presence and create all types of stories about what they're doing. And oftentimes where your mind goes is to the worst possible scenario, because that's how fear acts. Fear takes something as mundane as a step or as mundane as a pencil. And it tells you, oh, what if you fall down that step and die? 
What if you fall and you have a pencil in your hand and it stabs you and you die? It always goes to the worst possible um, story. So let's just stop ourselves from going to social media and let's really focus on our own lives. Number three, telling yourself what you should have done or how you should have been. And I, this is kind of specifically for COVID-19. I know because there's a lot of grief, you know, a lot of people lost a lot of their loved ones. And it's so sad and devastating. And when you lose a loved one, you know, I lost my father um, about, I think, three to four years ago. And when you lose someone, the first thing you say to yourself, I should have spent more time with them. You know, I should have been a better person. I should have been a better communicator. I should have, I should have X, Y, and Z. And the truth is you don't really know. You're speculating. And the second point is all you are doing is being more inventive in the way in which you beat yourself up. This is just another practice of beating yourself up. You know, no matter what, when you start from a place of should have, you will always find yourself being wrong. You know, I should have. Okay, so that means whatever I did at that present moment, that was wrong. So I'm wrong. So you might have to let go of that word should have. You know, you have to remember that you can reflect for the purpose of gathering data so that it can help you inform the future. But reflection isn't a mechanism to make you feel like shit. All right. So let's move on to my base. I'll call this my onion, my garlic, my oil, my broth. When you are feeling depleted, when you've been hit hard by a tragic event, the very first thing you should commit to bringing into your life or you should commit to as a base for your life is the following. One, you got to get fresh air. And number two, you have to reach out to your community. So I'm going to elaborate and it's kind of going to be off topic, but it's going to all tie in. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am obsessed with ghost shows. I love ghost shows. I, when I'm working, I always put ghost shows in the background. Um, and one reason why I love them is because it shows the nature of faith. And I love the idea of faith. You know, I'm not necessarily religious, but when I think about faith, I always think about it in terms of hope and possibility. And what these quote unquote ghosts or entities and sometimes demons do to gain energy or to harm the person who they're targeting is they isolate them and they keep them in the dark. And I notice when you have those two elements, when you do both, people have no choice but to be in a negative space. And this made me think about these really negative emotions like pain and anger and humiliation, depression, sadness, and how it starts and how it thrives. It thrives when you're alone in the dark. That is when your ghost shows up. 
That is when your quote unquote demon shows up and tells you how awful you how awful you are, how shitty you are, how bad of a person you are. And if you've ever reviewed your extreme low points, you'd see that when you were really, really in it, when you really, really felt bad, you were always one alone and two in the dark in a gray area or in some type of dreary space. So to keep that ghost away, to keep those low spirits away, you have to commit to getting fresh air and having your community around you. Now with COVID, I get that you have to be creative. So fresh air can look like a five minute walk. And if you don't wanna be around people, you could do it early in the morning. Being around your community can mean a walk to the park with a friend, a Zoom call, a telephone call, texting, clubhouse, virtual meetups, Twitter. There are so many ways that you can reach out to your community and they can be there for you. Now, I totally understand that heartbreak and failure, it will zap the fuck out of your energy. So sometimes you may not have that energy to commit to these two things daily, and that's fine. Do what you can. And like I said before, a 10% difference, a 10% change in your behavior does make a difference. 20, 30, 40, 50, it makes a difference. It gets you closer to where you want to be. But I will say, you know, even though you may not have the energy now, there's going to be a time where you are going to welcome the distraction of your family, your friends, your community of being outside. You know, you're going to get you're going to get to a point where you are tired of your sorrow and the yuck of it all. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm sick of this. And you'll have a moment where your friends gossip or smelling the fresh, dewy air in the morning will help you get back to a place where you kind of feel like yourself again. Like, oh, yeah, I remember how I used to be. I remember how this used to feel. Not only that, it'll remind you that life is still going. And that's one of the biggest things or biggest takeaways that I had to come to a conclusion with when I got older. You may opt out of life, but that does not mean life pause or stop for you. So sometimes when you opt out of life and you get back in or you force yourself to go back into the world, It is a nice reminder to see life or people still thriving and remind yourself that, hey, you know, I was there once. I like to get back into that buzzy energy that everyone around me seems to be feeling. Next, add in the ingredients, you know, the salt, the pepper, the tomatoes, the carrots, you know, potatoes, whatever ingredients, additional ingredients you'd like to add to a stew. Um, actually no tomatoes, but you know, the, the heavy, the heavy stuff added into your base and you know, you have a base, but you need more to make the meal fuller and you will need a little more to get you back to your equilibrium. You know, you have the base of, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to reach out to my community. Now. You have to add a little bit more work. So what is more? More is pausing when you are ruminating and getting back to your body. 
So when you're in pain and sadness and you're in that low space, you'll notice that there's going to be a pattern in your thoughts. And you're going to go back to the story of, you know, the heartbreak or the event that happens. And you have to decide to take a deep breath and get back into your body and into your present moment. Because right now you're in your thoughts and you're in a past moment that has been well done. So the commitment you are making is I'm going to decide to bring my thoughts back into my mind and back into my body. Number two, remind yourself that pain is a part of life. And I know it's kind of like, yeah, I already know that. But sometimes it is refreshing to know that you aren't unique in this. You know, because sometimes like when you have had abusive childhood or an exploitative relationship, you can go to the thoughts that, man, it must be me. I must be the problem. And you're not the problem. Pain ain't unique to you. You know, so when you think about it that way, it may help you feel more connected to your community, but it'll also help you get out of that kind of victimhood mentality of this happens to me. I, it's because I me that this is happening because it's not everybody gets their share of pain. Number three, commit to using your body. Like I said, the truth is when you are sedative, when you're sitting down and you're kind of lounging, and this is after you have marinated, it impacts your mood. It does. It impacts your mood. And that's one of the reasons why therapists ask you to go work out or stretch or do yoga or something like that. Because being inactive or not moving, it, it does. It impacts your mood. So commit to stretching or walking or quick jumping jacks or twin 10 squats a day or, you know, march in place while you're brushing your teeth. You don't have to stress yourself out about this movement. Um, you don't need to decide how long it should take. You can just shake your body and incorporate movement into whatever you are already doing. You just have to move your body. And that if that's a five minute dance or a 10 minute dance, do it. The next point, have something to look forward to, you know, a nice in the morning, get a coffee every day, do a hobby, buy a new hair clip, change a nail color, find a new walking trail or a new path, drink some new juice, sniff a flower, touch a tree, give yourself these tiny little things to look forward to to just to remind you that life is very beautiful and though you can't see it right now there are many things that you should be grateful for and appreciative for that's special for your life next uplift yourself in your language internally and externally the truth is you cannot abuse yourself into feeling good and being a better person and i have hit this note multiple times we see that with children in abusive homes or with children who have horrible teacher teachers negative words demeaning them it does not make them become better if anything it just impacts their self-esteem so if these people and their negative words harm children what do you think your negative judgmental or self-critical words are doing to you. So you have to commit to uplifting yourself 
and your language internally in your mind and externally how you speak about yourself to others. Next, you have to see the glass as half full again. And I understand this is a rough patch. Um, and it, when you're in it, you're in this mucky, yucky place. But you may have to incorporate some glass half full in this mucky, yucky place. You have to find a little bit of something, some silver lining in it. And all it does, it just helps you practice seeing good. Practice because right now you're a bit skewed towards hurt, pain, negativity, sadness. You're a bit skewed. So to get you back to equilibrium, you might have to start finding some silver linings and some things. All right. Finally, you know what you need. You know, I give you tips that can help you. But ultimately, you know what you need. You know, once you reflect over your behavior um, or reflect on your lows or what you crave, that you can find things to help you feel better. So do you yearn for a hug? Find someone to give you a hug. Are you tired? Get some rest. Take some time off. Go home. Do you? Did you used to like to dance? Go look at a YouTube video. Go on TikTok. Show, start your own TikTok thing and just do it for your sake. You have to find a way to get what you need and place that ingredient in the mix. So allow these pieces to stew while you are in your lull. You don't have to add everything at once. You can work on the prep and the base only and build up to the under other ingredients. But you just have to remind yourself that it's a stew and stews take time. So stew on these steps, stew on these ideas and take care. Love, Charlie. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.